On the new podcast, American Criminal, you'll learn about the fraud, theft, and murder that marks the dark side of the American dream. Like the Menendez murders, was it two greedy kids who killed their parents for money, or is there more? Listen to American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, this is Taylor McCluskey at The Hook. I want to say thank you to Jay Scott. You rock, brother. What a day. What an interview. Everyone listen to The Hook, the best, best podcast on the internet. Thank you. Lots of love from Montreal, Canada. is killer great new album by blacktop mojo who uh has their album coming out tomorrow august 13th friday the 13th we got matt james coming up here shortly but uh yeah i mean i just had the pleasure of listening to the album this week and it just is awesome i mean it's just a very diverse record for the band it's their fourth album it's a self-titled album Check it out. Go order it on their website, blacktopmojo.com. You will be definitely satisfied with the music that is on that album. Great band. They've been around since 2015, 2016, and uh, you know, just making headway, doing it old school, playing in front of people wherever they can, and uh, we should appreciate that as rock fans. Speaking of live performances, we are in trouble, people. I don't know if you've uh, been paying attention, but... COVID cases keep going up all over. Mandates are being set forth, like with mask mandates in schools. It's only going to be a matter of time before they return to the public grocery store you go to, you know, the library, anywhere you go, restaurants. You know, will restaurants be at a capacity limit again? This is just so frustrating. It really is. I mean, especially for those that have been vaccinated, who've done their part to look out for one another, to look out for their fellow man. 
this is something that uh, is not going to leave us anytime soon. And, you know, Stevie Nicks postponed or canceled her tour uh, till 2022. Blackberry Smoke just canceled a couple shows just because a member of their band got COVID. So it's, it's going to happen, folks. We're going to be stay-at-home orders, lockdowns again. This is not going away. And it's a shame because we had so much momentum in the spring and starting off the summer. And all that work that we've done is basically for nothing. Hopefully, it won't be for nothing. Hopefully, we can still turn a negative into a positive. But the way the trends are going certainly doesn't look that way. And hopefully, uh, hopefully people change their minds and realize that there is more of a danger than getting COVID than there is getting vaccinated. And that's straight from my doctor, my infectious disease doctor. I had an infection in December and I needed surgery in December and also in March. And as I was following up with my doctor, as I should, I asked her about the vaccine and without even skipping a beat, she said, you need to get it because the risk for you getting COVID and dying from COVID is far greater than anything happening from a vaccine. There's always a risk with a vaccine, but the risk of getting COVID is worse. That's straight from a medical professional, not from a meme on social media, not from this, that, or the other. That's straight from a medical professional. And being in support or supporting vaccination for COVID, it's not a political stance. This is not conservative or liberal. This is just doing the right thing with the facts and science behind us. So if you haven't been vaccinated yet, please look for ways to change your mind because we are dealing with the Delta variant and guess what's going to happen? Another variant's going to grow as a, as a result of that and it's not going to end and we're going to be dealing with these things and the fact that my son is a junior in high school that has really yet to have a, did he have a full year, freshman year? I'm trying to think. Yeah, no, freshman year was the only year he had a normal year without interruption. I think that's true. I feel bad for him. I feel bad for the seniors in high school who have to deal with this stuff because, you know, we can't be letting kids go to school and infecting other kids, you know, who have been vaccinated. And, you know, yes, you know, will your chances of dying if you've been vaccinated, in you know, decrease? Yes, it will. You know, you won't have severe symptoms in most cases. But still, you're going to lose time. You're going to feel sick. You're not going to feel right. So it's important. And some other rock news. Thanks for the feedback on the D. Snyder episode. Really do appreciate it. Uh, D was a great guest. The, my only complaint is I wish I had more time because there was so much I wanted to discuss with him, but we we're on the time limit because he's got other platforms. He's got to talk to other media outlets. He's got to talk to, but I was very thankful for the time. Very thankful for the interview and thankful for all the positive feedback. The messages, the comments on social media have just been awesome. So thank you very much for that. I do appreciate it. Go get his album. Uh, the news today, his album, Leave a Scar, hit the top 20 in 
on the Billboard charts, which is fantastic. So that's awesome. Once again, we are part of the Pantheon Podcast Network. You can check out our podcast on the network as well as Mistress Carrie, the legend out on the East Coast. Martin Popoff, the rock historian, Cobras and Fire, Shout Out Loudcast with Tom and Zeus, and Hanging and Banging with Carmen Apice and Vinny Apice with local Chicago promoter Ron Anesti. So check those out. And this episode of The Hook Rocks is sponsored by Blue Chew. Say it with us. Blue Chew. Blue Chew is making waves and bringing more confidence to the bedroom by offering chewable tablets that can help a man Get longer and stronger lasting erections. Zip bada de ba. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in a chewable form and at a fraction of the cost. Zip da ba ba boom. Blue Chew's tablets help men achieve stronger and harder erections to combat all forms of ED, erectile dysfunction. That's very important. Blue Chew is an online prescription service, so no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. And it ships right to your door in a discreet package. Very cool. The process is simple. Sign up at bluechew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, And once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part, it's all done online. Blue Chew's licensed medical providers work with you to find the right ingredients and strength for your prescription. Don't like swallowing pills? No problem here. Blue Chew's Slidenafil and Tadalafil tablets are chewable. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA and they prepare and ship direct. So it's cheaper than a pharmacy. This is all good, people. So if you could benefit from extra confidence when it's time to perform, visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. And here's a special for all of our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use promo code MILKSHAKE at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's bluechew.com, promo code MILKSHAKE. To receive your first month free. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring the Hook Rocks podcast. My next guest is from one of my favorite bands to emerge on the rock scene over the past 10 years. I had the pleasure of seeing them live. It is the second time he has appeared on the Hook Rocks. Last winter I did, right before... The uh, the pandemic hit us pretty hard, and they've got a new album out, and it's the self-titled fourth album from the band Blacktop Mojo. I'd like to welcome in vocalist Matt James. What's going on, Matt? How are you? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm doing well, man. It's exciting to hear you guys are going to be having something out here on August 12th, or August 13th, I should say, Friday the 13th, on New Music Friday. And follow up to you know the album that you did a couple of years ago. You guys are on tour or ready to tour. I know you're going to be coming to the Chicago area a couple of times over the next couple of months. You're going to be playing at the Forge here in August, and then Rock House, which is one of my favorite venues. They're both great venues in November. 
So it's an exciting time for Blacktop Mojo, exciting time for you. And what are you guys feeling right now? Uh, we're just excited to be back out and about, man. Uh, it's, it's nice not being locked up in the house with each other. <laughs> I bet, man. How has that been for you guys? I mean, this album has, you know, in 2021, you know, there wasn't really a lot going on for anyone in 2020. And here we are with the new album. What has this process been like for you guys to reach this point, you know, releasing your fourth album? Um, it's It's been great, man. Uh, I mean, aside from being locked down and not being able to play shows, it, it kind of gives the opportunity to uh, just sit in a room with each other for six months and, and uh, write some music. So, uh, you know, there's silver linings in, in every cloud. With this album, your fourth album, the self-titled album, was the writing process different for you guys or maybe not different in how you went about it, but just because of what reality was when you're putting this album together made it for me a little bit of a darker tone or going into areas that maybe you didn't before as a band? What was that like for you guys? I think it might uh, it might be, some of the songs might be a little darker i think it's, i think it's got a good balance of uh there's a little bit of everything on the record there's uh some dark heavy songs some uh some bluesy songs some upbeat songs um there's something for everybody for sure that's one of the things i did notice in listening to this is there is a lot of diversity on the album it is more or less a celebration of rock and roll you know it's got your hard edge songs it's got your your bluesy tunes it's got very um a lot of songs are very introspective when you're writing when you're putting together lyrics where did you find a lot of your inspiration was it through personal experience was it through observations both where did it come from uh, definitely, definitely a little bit of both. Um, uh, Wicked Woman definitely wasn't in, uh, wasn't a personal experience. I never got tied up by a woman, devil woman in the woods or anything, but, uh, um, that would yeah, have been I pretty cool if you did though. <laughs> yeah. 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 You know, depends on what you're into, I guess. No, I'm just, uh, um, no, I mean, it came from. All kinds of things, man. Like, I mean, Wicked Woman, for example, that was kind of inspired by the opening scene of The Crucible or, you know, just the movies that we were watching there. Uh, Bed Tundee is another song on the album. It was inspired by a lot of the serial killer documentaries that we were, you know, watching throughout the pandemic. And, um, and then some of the other songs about heartbreaking things, you know, it's, those are the, those are the ones that are kind of from personal experience. So I think it, take inspiration from all kinds of different directions, you know. I really love Bed Tundee. I mean the the, the way that song just <laughs> builds in in the 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 tension that you can feel in that song is just amazing. One of my favorites on the album. Thank you, man. When you're writing and you're writing from personal experience or observation, there was no shortage of material over the past 18 months. All you got to do is turn on the TV, read the paper, read, you know, internet, social media, and there's a lot going on there, and, and it continues to be a lot going on. When you're observing all that, when you're absorbing all that, I should say, how do you 
internalize it and write about it? Um, I don't know. I guess it's just, you know, sometimes inspiration strikes and it just kind of pours out of you. Um, you kind of gotta just be ready to, to capture it when you can, you know? Was there anything on the record that was about what you guys were observing or seeing, or did you guys, you know, crawl into that bubble that a lot of musicians did during these times and just make music and kind of utilize it for an escape? Uh, I think most of it's definitely kind of a escape uh, from reality. I think uh, there's one song on the album called Cough that's sort of about the frustration of, of dealing with the pandemic and, you know, being locked up and kind of all the information and misinformation and all the, you know, trying to, just all the frustration that comes along with being alive in the world to do all that, you know? Oh, for sure. For sure. I mean, I know, you know, a lot of people I talked to, you know, were aware of what was going on, but looked forward to that moment every day when they were able to crawl into that studio and go into that studio and forget about what was happening around them because it did have an impact a lot on the tone of people's music right you know i mean there really yeah. wasn't there really wasn't a lot of good times dealing with so that so that reflects in your surroundings and what's happening reflects in maybe not what you're writing about but how you play did you feel that was happening uh, yeah, I mean, there were certainly, certainly days where you're just in a really, really crappy mood or whatever. And I mean, um, there's a song on the record called Stratus Melancholia that was, uh, um, I'm not sure if I can cuss on your show or not, yeah, but you can't. Go it was ahead. called Cloudy. Okay. Well, it's called Cloudy. We originally had it nicknamed it Cloudy Day Bullshit. And it was just a, it was a shitty day outside and everybody was in a really terrible mood when we got together to write that day. And, uh, everybody just sort of started playing and warming up and then I kind of morphed into a, this jam type of thing. And within, you know, the next 15 minutes or so we had that whole song written, you know, it was just a manifestation of, of the, of everybody's bad mood that day. And it, ended up turning around shortly after that, you know, because we had, we had made something cool or something that we thought was cool. Anyway. When you're living together as a band, right, and you're creating and you are on lockdown, you have restrictions to where you can go and what you can do, how do you guys manage that dynamic of being in the same spot, dealing with all this together and, you know, not being able to maybe get away like you usually would you know, from the band or from the house just to help with your mental health and help with your, you know, everybody needs that alone town. Everybody needs that, that time where they just need to process things on their own. How did you guys do that? I mean, uh, for me personally, I mean, we've all got our own room. We had our own rooms in the house. Um, our drummer and guitar players have moved out and, you know, gotten married and they're, living with their wife now, of course, because their wives didn't really want to live in the band house um, for whatever reason. I'm not sure why. I'm I don't know kidding. why. Um, that's, uh... <laughs> I don't know why. It sounds super fun, right? No, um, but we all had our own rooms and our own separate corners of the house that we could go to. And um, 
we live kind of near a, a nearby park and things. And I know for me personally, I could just go walk down, you know, we could go walk in the woods and you could be alone and, you know, be in your own headspace if you needed to. So. Cause that is important, right? I mean, you know, dealing with all this, everybody processes information, everybody process things differently and you got to be careful, you know, that you don't, you know, when you are having that shitty day that you talked about, that you're cognizant of your roommates and, and your bandmates and everybody's kind of like on the same page, but dealing with it differently. Um, and that's just interesting because you guys are, are in a unique spot where you guys do live with each other. Um, and I just, you know, with all this going on, that's got to be a really interesting way to make music and, you know, absorb things because everybody looks at things differently. I mean, it always has been, man. We've, uh, we've, we've always been close. Um, we've really never had a problem. We've lived together and toured together for since 2016. So, um, and we haven't killed each other yet. So it, uh, it was definitely more of a positive situation than, than a negative one. And, uh, I mean, we were, we've all been through, you know, life throws us all curveballs. We've all been through a bunch of stuff and, and each, in our separate lives and we've always been able to be there for each other. So it's kind of a blessing in a way to be together through any of the bad times, um, let alone the pandemic. So when you are approaching the creative process for this album, this is your fourth album. You guys have toured extensively throughout the States. You guys are building your fan base. What have you learned? What is the biggest thing you guys have learned as a band as you keep moving forward? just basically not to quit, man. Like there's going to be, you know, flat tires. There's going to be engine trouble. There's going to be nights when it rains or snows or something. And everybody just decides that they didn't want to go out in the weather or, you know, there's going to be, but for all those bad nights or whatever, there's going to be that many good nights as well. And, you know, when we first went out in our, our van for our first tour, you know, we were playing to 10 people, whereas, you know, we've seen the slow growth over the past few years. And now, you know, we're starting to see crowds of 100, 150, you know, even two, 200 plus people a night, every night. And that consistent, I think that consistent touring and that consistent, like, not giving up, uh, I definitely attribute it to that. You guys do tour a lot, and you do, I mean, consistently put out great music. When you approach this album and you're thinking about the direction this album has to go in or, or, or organically needs to go into, what, you know, how do you guys all decide on the path of the music? How do you all decide on where Blacktop Mojo is going to go next? Um, we really... I mean, we write all together, super, super collaborative, um, just sitting in the same room. Um, somebody comes up with an idea and we run with it, try to play it out. And if it doesn't work, then we kind of try to go with the next, the next idea that somebody has. So, I mean, it's, uh, that's just through a mutual respect of each other's, you know, creative abilities. And, um, I think living together for sure helps. Um, you know, 
the respect factor, you know, I mean, um, nothing will teach you respect for somebody like, you know, having to share a bathroom with them, I guess. Um, when you, yeah, not eating their food. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, I lived with a rock band in my early twenties. I was kind of like their pseudo, you know, manager help, you know, helper in the band. And I remember we had to have three bottles of mustard, four bottles of mustard in the fridge. So everybody knew like how much they had for their, for their, for their mustard or their ketchup. So no one would take anybody else's. And it was like, are we, we can't just buy one big bottle of mustard or one big bottle of ketchup. We got to buy individual stuff. It was just, it was crazy stuff. It was, it was absolutely insane. Yeah. I mean, we definitely, we've learned to kind of share everything. So that, that I think that they might in that same way, you know, you, you share ideas when you're creating music and stuff. But going back to this album, as you guys sit down and you start writing for this, was there was there something that you guys wanted to accomplish, or was it let's just write Blacktop Mojo songs and see where it goes? Um, yeah, it was. It was really just, hey man, let's we've got these song ideas and stuff. Um, got a whole list of them on the wall over here let's go through each idea and see how far we can take it and see what turns into something cool um it wasn't definitely wasn't a conscious like this record has to be you know a concept record or anything like that this record doesn't have to be anything let's just write the best songs we can and, and see what happens when you guys are writing together how much you know, how, how different or how much has it evolved since you guys first sat in a room together? You know, like what are the differences now versus before that first album? Um, I mean, I think everybody is more accomplished at knowing, you know, not when to give up on an idea, but like just, um, you know, there's not there's not one guy in there that's like, oh man, I came up with this and I this has to be on here or something like that. It's it's always, like I said, a shared thing of like, either everybody's digging this or everybody isn't digging this. You know what I'm saying? Was it hard for you guys to write during a pandemic, or hard to write with this situation? Was there more obstacles in just terms of being creative than there were before? Uh, no, I don't think so, man. I mean, you just if anything, it might have been easier because we didn't have anywhere to be. <laughs> you know? Has it always just been a, a flow of ideas, or you know, are there moments where you guys are all staring at each other, going, "I don't know what to do. Like, what what do we what do we write in here?" Is there always that flow that, that you guys are comfortable with? Um. Yeah, I think you know you get into it, and it last for a little while sometimes longer than others and, and sometimes you know it, it runs out for the day and you kind of just got to be like okay we're gonna we're gonna come back to this tomorrow when everybody's fresh you guys are doing a sound check today before recording this you guys are ready to get out on the road and tour and like i said you guys are coming to chicago a couple times over the next few months 
Are you guys playing different markets this time, different areas to try to open up the fan base? Are you guys, you know, hooking up with other bands? Because the bill I saw you on originally was with Lullwater and Otherwise, which was a fantastic bill. And uh, I really did enjoy the show. Is, is that, you know, do you find camaraderie with other bands that you want to tour with? Yeah, absolutely. Um, on these next couple runs, we're doing just uh, headlining shows and, and having mostly local bands open up. Sometimes uh, there's some couple of bands that we're friends with that uh, hopefully we get to hook up with and um, play shows with. But um, for the most part, it's local bands right now. Um, and uh, yeah, hopefully we'll, we're playing a few places we've been before and a and a few places we had. So, um, like you said, hopefully we're spreading the good word. With the collection of songs on this album and, you know, the writing process, how do you know when the music's ready to be put on an album? Like, is there is there something that you guys look for? Is it a certain, you know, process or evolution of each song? Is it, you know, do you say we need 12 songs, 11 songs, whatever the case is? How do you guys know when you're ready, you know, with this with this new album, this self-titled album that you guys have? I think for us, it was when we had, I don't know. Uh, it, you, you never really know when you're ready. We just kind of, we had 18 or 19 song ideas, and that was in last July, and then we kind of just put a deadline on it and said, Hey, we're going to go record in January and book the studio time. And then, you know, um, that way you kind of have to, you can't just sit on it and write around, write forever. You, you kind of, um, you work on all the songs and, and, uh, I don't know, man, you just, you just know when they're ready. There's no really, there's no, the song's not going to hold up a sign like Wiley Coyote and be like, I'm finished. You know, uh, it's just, uh, it's just a feeling you get. When you are, you know, putting this, putting this album together and, you know, you have the songs, you said 18, 19, you know, how do you guys decipher which ones go on the album? We, we definitely put them to a vote between our, amongst ourselves and then kind of pick our favorites and, um, we'll, play them all for you know friends and family and stuff and uh, our our manager and stuff and just kind of people people whose ears we trust and whose opinions we value and um kind of narrow it down that way see what everybody says has there ever been like you know a divided house between a song that makes it or not make it oh for sure man for sure kind of Every album has that pretty much, but, uh, you know, you just, you choose them and the songs that don't make it, hopefully, uh, you could put them out later or, or keep working on them or, you know, do something with them. Like, um, the static EP were, were songs, a couple few songs that we recorded, uh, during the making of our under the sun record. And then there's a couple unfinished ones that we had going into that and we finished them up and we're able to put out that EP last May. So, um, just because a song doesn't make a record doesn't mean it won't ever be, you know, see the light of day. How do you guys manage with that, you know, with songs that are recorded or written during other sessions and they they evolve further than the ones that are put on the album because 
you stay with them for a long time or they're they're with you a longer time when you are you know rediscovering the music maybe you know it was missing something how do you guys figure that out i mean you know the song basically the parameters are already there you know i mean the the bass is already there of the, of the structure of the song and now you finalize it and then all of a sudden it ends up on an album is that a different process than you know creating something from scratch that ends up on the album yeah definitely i think uh there's if the, if the song doesn't make the album, there's a reason it didn't make the album. So, you know, you can kind of go back and revisit that with fresh ears and, you know, fresh ideas. So, um, yeah, that's definitely different from writing from scratch. As far as this album goes versus, you know, the albums prior, what are you guys most proud of with this album? Uh, I think this album is probably some of the most developed songs that we've ever had. Um, it's got some of the different arrangements and stuff that we've never tried before. Um, some different instrumentations on some different songs. Um, and I, I'm most proud of the, uh, I mean, you said it earlier, it's kind of got a little bit of everything. It's kind of a celebration of all kinds of different styles of rock and roll. And, uh, we're all fans of all kinds of different styles of rock and roll. So to, to be able to put out together an album that kind of has a little bit of everything that we like is, is pretty cool. You know, you guys are rock music fans as well. Is there something that during this session or prior to this session of recording this music that influenced you that maybe wasn't there previously? Mm. I don't know. Like I said, inspiration kind of comes from all different sorts of places with us. So it's kind of a, you never know where it's going to come from. Well, how do you guys keep evolving as artists? I mean, you know, you guys are not the same people as you were when you recorded the same, or sorry, the first album, right? So you guys are, you know, developing as, as, as a person, as people, as a band, and then also musically, you're you're developing too. You're still listening to things, and you may find something that you maybe have not listened to before. That now all of a sudden that becomes a part of Blacktop Mojo. Can you speak to anything like that happening, or do you feel like that's happened? Yeah, I mean, I think you kind of covered it right there. There was, uh, you know, we're all growing as people. We're all getting older. I mean, a couple of the guys are starting families. And stuff. Um, listening to all different kinds of music Um, I know I've kind of delved into some more like soul stuff more like Al Green Curtis Mayfield you know um, some older older music you know Bill Withers whatever and I think maybe some of that made it on there I hope uh, because I really did that kind of stuff so um yeah, but you just, I mean, nobody ever stays the same. Everybody grows. and um, As you grow, you're, you know, if you make an art, then you're, I'm sure your art changes too. You know, I'm glad you mentioned that. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned it about Al Green and Bill Withers because there are a, a couple of songs where I do hear a little bit of that R&B influence that wasn't there before. You know, I mean, you know, you guys have always been a hard rock band, and and you know, you know, you had a lot of 
a lot of depth in your music and a lot of layers. And it was interesting to hear that R&B soul in some places on the album. How was that, you know, how did you guys merge that into your music? Did it just come organically or was it, you know, a, a conscious effort to do so? Yeah, I think it just kind of happened organically, man. Like you said, um, you know, you start listening to something and then that kind of gets stuck in your brain and then you're in the studio and you've been hearing this other type of music and you're like, oh, this will sound good right here. And then, you know, everybody either says yes or yes or no. And, you know, sometimes it makes it, sometimes it doesn't. So the video for Wicked Woman is out on YouTube and it's pretty interesting. What was the creative process for that, and how did you guys come up with that idea? We're all pretty big fans of, you know, 90s slasher stuff and, you know, some classic horror movies and stuff. Um, the song just, the lyrics of the song and the subject matter in the song just sort of lent itself to that to that theme. Um, the creative process was just staying up for two straight nights and shooting all night and um, just a bunch of shenanigans really in the, in the woods. You guys always, you know, have interesting videos, you know, I mean, you always have something that says something visually with the music that's saying something lyrically. How do you guys combine that when you're creating both the song and then the video? I don't know. It's kind of like coming up with an idea for a song, man. Sometimes it's just, uh, you know, you'd be listening and, or you'll see something on TV and you're like, oh man, this, this style of visual would go perfect with this song or whatever. And, uh, it just, you never know where it'll come from. Is that a, a fun process for you guys? Is it a different process for you guys when, you're creating something visually like a video versus a song. Um, yeah, it's definitely it's definitely different um, to create visual stuff rather than songs. Um, but they both have their their own uh, their own fun challenges and their own little you know things. And we learn every time we do a video, you know, something to do different next time, just like we do when we're recording an album, you know. Do you feel like you're making a statement with a video um, versus, you know, lyrically with a song? Because people do listen more visually these days than they do lyrically, right? I mean, it's it's such a, a visual experience now. People want that experience. When you're writing or when you're creating a video, is it something that you're trying to capture us with a statement, capture with an idea? How does that uh, How does that play into it? Um, I think for us, you just want something that really goes thematically with kind of the the image in your head that you hear or that you see or that we see whenever we hear the song or whenever I was writing the lyrics for the song or, you know, whenever, you know, just those images that pop into your head or, or that make you kind of have that visceral reaction that kind of completes the, the, it emerges that visual with the, with the sonic creation. You know what I mean? Yeah. And also they act as like a timestamp, right? They act as like a, 
a diary for the band and what they were doing and what they were creating. And, you know, as you look back on some of the stuff that you've done and posted, you know, it's very, you know, it's very create, it's very inclusive of all the bands, and it also, you know, acts as those timestamps. Is you know, is is it is it something that you want to show your fans or people that are checking out Blacktop Mojo, like a different side of you guys and maybe who you guys really are as people? Uh, yeah, man, we like to just have fun. Um, uh, we like to be inclusive of everybody that wants to listen to our music. Um, we, uh, it's really just about you know spreading spreading fun and have, having a good time. I mean, you know, there's enough serious stuff in the world. You know, we, we like using our music. Or we like that people can use our music to kind of get away from that or to, you know, get introspective with themselves or, or you know, use it for all kinds of different things. As you guys move forward and, you know, ready for the release of this album, how or what, you know, what are you guys planning for the future for this year, you know, for the next, you know, four or five months till the end of 2021 into 2022? Um, we got a lot more touring coming up. Um, we have an album coming out on Friday. Uh, um, and possibly more music video and uh, a whole lot more touring and uh, running around and uh, hopefully getting overseas for the first time in our career as a band. We haven't been, haven't been over to Europe yet. So uh, I think that's a goal of everybody in the band is to make that happen. As far as, you know, new rock goes, I mean, you guys have been around since, you know, 2015, 16, you know, putting out music and, you know, here we are now, 2021, rock is starting to see a resurgence. They are, it is starting to see, you know, younger kids gravitate towards rock and hard rock and heavy metal. What are you seeing as a band in terms of how your, how your music is connecting with a variety of people, either, you know, in the States or overseas? Um, we have, we have all sorts of people show up to our shows. I mean, uh, We've had some all-ages shows on this tour, and, I mean, we've got people from, you know, 6 to 60, you know, showing up every night. So it's it's really cool to see that, um, you know, the, the diverse group of people that shows up every night. It's always always interesting. For sure. And, and as far as, you know, as you guys move forward, you know, is there an effort to keep connecting with that that youth, that teenager that's experiencing that angst and anger that they just went through with being, you know, locked down and e-learning and not having any fun. Do you guys, you know, how do you manage that on social media? Um, I don't know, man. I, I think we just try to be ourselves. And, you know, if, if a teenager or anybody, if anybody connects with that, it's, it's we've done our jobs, you know, that's, that's all we're trying to do. You know, as we end here and you guys are you know ready to release this album and you're ready to move forward with the new music and play it for the people, when you look at this process and, and the circumstances that this album was recorded under, when you look at each album as like a diary stamp, you know, a timestamp that we just talked about, 
and you look at the you know this album here, how different will you view this album versus the other albums that you guys have already made? Um, I think for me personally, and I've heard a couple of other guys say it that this is the album that we're most proud of so far. I mean, I think it's our best work that we've done, um, and. You know, we'll see after Friday if it will stand the test of time. Oh, I think it will. I think it's some of your best material out there. I think, you know, when you guys, look, you know, look back on this album, like you said, you know, at this point, this is your, I think, most diverse album, most layered album. I think, like you mentioned, with the influences that you encompassed in this album that were different than ones before, I think this is a total complete package, a total complete album and not to say that the other ones weren't but you know when you talk about artists that are evolving you talk about bands that are evolving you totally hear it on this album and i you know i think it's the best one yet thank you man all right matt thank you very much for the time i do appreciate it yeah anytime man thank you all right everybody that's matt james from blacktop mojo you can check out their self-titled album out this friday august 13th it's their fourth album and it really does pack a punch it's a celebration of rock music it's got your hard rock it's got your blues rock it's got elements r&b and soul in it i think you're going to be happy listening to it go check it out look at their uh, or go order it on their website blacktopmojo.com once again this is jay scott this is the hook rocks the ultimate rock community podcast stay safe stay healthy stay strong we'll talk again soon my back's against the wall as you float through the room with all the things you bought to make you feel at home. And I looked at all your face, it leads me to assume there ain't a chance in hell. I know what I did wrong. Tell me why it is you're leaving I thought I was your man Watching the taillights fade Up the street as the sun sinks slow Thinking, baby, please don't go Don't go You don't have to be this way The house and hope you left something But I didn't find nothing at all I thought maybe if there's something you'd forgotten Well at least I'd have a reason to call What would you do to achieve the American dream? The big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? 
Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would I shop? Would I shop? Would you kill? Yes. From Airship, the studio behind American Scandal, comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, The Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts, or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.